You are listening to the Indie Game Development Podcast Show. Visit www.indiegamepod.com for more podcasts. This interview is inspired by a quick meetup at the Austin Game Developers Conference. Hi, I'm here at Austin Game Developers Conference, and with me is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? I am Brian Greenstein with Pangea Software. And what game did you work on? Uh, well, today we're showing Enigma for the iPhone and iPod Touch. Uh, what inspired you to do an iPhone game? Uh, well, basically, we knew Apple was going to do a really good job with their iPhone stuff, and we always wanted our stuff on a portable system, and this was the easiest way to do it, and certainly the most profitable way to do it as well. You know, is there any difference between iPhone and um, the iPod Touch? Or? The only difference is that the, uh, the old iPods don't have built-in speakers, and obviously there's no camera. Uh, but aside from that, they're basically the same machine, same performance, same screen, same everything. So when you got started, what were some of the challenges that you had to encounter when you were developing? Uh, definitely learning Objective-C, because uh, you have to learn Objective-C, which is the most complicated programming language I've ever used in my life by a factor of 20. Um, but that only took about five days. You know, It's not, not the end of the world. And luckily, games don't need a lot of Objective-C because they're not very UI-intensive. They're all you know, open GL-intensive. So it really only took about five days to learn it and another week to get some games up and running. So are there, are there then open GL libraries for platform? Uh, yeah, it's all OpenGL for the graphics, all OpenAL for the audio, so it's very standardized, at least for games. For the non-game stuff, you have to use Apple's you know, things, but for games, it's all standardized. It's pretty nice. Uh, is the development time pretty quick for developing on something like that, or is it uh, still pretty prolonged? It's actually pretty good. We've been porting most of most of the stuff we've done have been ports of older games that we did years ago that run great on the machine. And it generally takes uh, about two weeks per game to port it over. And that's mostly just dealing with performance issues and memory issues because there's not a lot of memory on the device. Um, but it's it's actually very very easy. I mean, it's it is a excellent. It's got excellent developer tools, excellent APIs, um, and it is a breeze to develop for. And when you developed it, um, what was were there any other changes you had to do to the development process to uh, that was different than say traditional gaming? Um, you know, not a whole lot. I mean, there's a simulator that you can run on the Mac, so you don't even have to you know test your games on an actual iPhone. You can test them on the simulator, which speeds things up a lot because downloading to the iPhone can take a minute every time you want to test something. Um, but basically, it it in the debugger, it's really like working on a Mac. Everything about it, the debugger is the same debugger and compiler that you use when you're doing Mac stuff. So any Mac developer, they're gonna not even know the difference. And were you able to do user testing, or was that were you just going to release it to the store? Or um, yeah, testing is a little bit difficult because obviously there's no way to distribute copies, you know, effectively. Um, we have a couple people in house that we let test it, and that's about it. So testing, we do the best we can, but then obviously the users find glitches and we release updates. <laughs> and in terms of submission, how does that work? Uh, do you just submit it to the iPhone store, or I mean, do you have to like talk to Apple directly? It's pretty easy. It's good to talk to Apple directly because then they can assist you and, and give you uh, get you good coverage on, you know, on the, uh, the iTunes store. But really, all you have to do is just submit it. It's an automated process. It's on the website. You put all the data in, all your screenshots in, your icon, the app, and then you just wait however long it takes, you know, three to, I don't know, what's it now, maybe three to 12 days to uh, get it approved, and then it appears, and you hope it sells. When you released it, did you release it within the first week of when the whole iPhone app store buzz got 
put out? Or? Yeah, our stuff, well, our stuff was featured at Steve Jobs' keynote back in, uh, what was it, June. And so we were we were in the front door. So we were all lined up and ready the day everything shipped, and we were out. And that was the best time to be out because, um, obviously, everybody with an iPhone went out and bought everything that they wanted to get, and they were going to pay whatever price they wanted to, you know, that you wanted them to pay. So, um, you know, for the first week and a half, two weeks, the sales were astronomical. And anybody who missed that first wave is probably kicking themselves. But still, sales are excellent, but they were spectacular for the first two weeks. And, and what do you think then about competition? Because, um, you know, in Silicon Valley, there's a lot of hype about now iPhone apps, that's where everything is. Um, do you think that's... Right now, there's no competition. There may be three, 4,000 apps, and there are over 800 and I think 20 games out at the last time I looked. But 99% of those are complete garbage. Um, there's only a handful of good games, and they, they tend to float to the top 10 list. Um, so you're really only competing with a handful of good games, and you can compete on a price basis because the good games are usually from big companies that have to charge 10 bucks. But we're a small company, so we can do an equivalently good game and charge 5 bucks for it, and so we'll sell a lot more. <laughs> you know? And what do you think then about the changing business models? People have actually talked about giving the game away for free and then, you know, actually have advertising when they run the iPhone. Yeah, you know, it's a combination of that's a cheater method and that's kind of a desperation method. Well, well, how is that a cheater method? I mean, that seems like a compelling way to do it because actually some of the most popular games on iPhone are, I think they're free. Um, like Tap a Tap or something? Right, there's Tap a Tap Revenge. The thing is, is there's the Apple has a separate paid list and a separate uh, free oh, okay. list. And the problem is when people go from free to paid, it's basically they've cut in line because the counter, the popularity counter remains the same. And obviously free apps get downloaded 10 times more than paid apps. So you, so when somebody switches from free to 99 cents, suddenly they're the number one selling app supposedly, but in actuality they may have only sold two copies. But they'll quickly fall off the list and, pe- and the reviews, people usually write scathing reviews of any apps that attempt this. So it's, it's dangerous from a PR perspective to try to pull it off. But people pull it off, they make a quick $10,000 and they're happy. So you know, hey, more power to him, I guess. Okay. And um, did your game leverage any of the unique um, design aspects of the iPhone, you know, like the accelerometer or something like that? Yeah, people pretty much expect that in all the iPhone games now. So we try to use, you know, obviously the touch interface for, well, everything. There's no buttons. Um, and then the accelerometer as much as you can. A lot of games abuse the accelerometer. You know, and the accelerometer is good, but you got to remember that you're, the accelerometer is the device, and the device is what you're looking at. It's your screen. So some games require you to move the screen way too much, and so you can't see what you're doing as you're playing. So we like to make it very subtle, you know, just subtle movements where, the, where you're not going to get nauseous trying to look as you're moving your iPhone around. So, but yeah, we do try to use it because people expect it now. Yeah, what are, I guess, what are the unique or salient points of designing for the iPhone? I mean, is it the accelerometer, the uh, the touch screen, and then net- network ability? Or There aren't a lot of network games yet. There's only a couple. Um, and I don't, know if any, I don't know if that's really a design point for that device in particular. I think it's mostly the accelerometer and the touch. I mean, that, that's kind of the key to that device. Um, but, you know, like I say, it's we're so early in this process. We're still learning. Like, we just submitted, uh, when was it? This morning? No, last night, we submitted an adventure game to the App Store, and it 
as far as I know, it's the first full 3D giant you know adventure game, and so there's no precedent. We weren't sure how to do the controls because there's no buttons, there's no thumbstick, there's no jump button. So we had to just figure out what's the best way to control an, an adventure game without without a traditional gamepad. Um, so we're going to see. We're going to see what happens. We're using a combination of touch and the accelerometer to do it, and it's a bit of a learning curve for users. They're like, oh, well, what the hell do I do? Um, but we'll see what other games do. There's surely there there will be other adventure games coming out soon, and we'll see what solutions they came up with for you know doing this. But yeah, it, it's a challenge, but it's all new, and that's what kind of makes this fun to develop for. Um, in terms of game genres on the iPhone, um, which ones do you prefer? Do you prefer music genre or? Well, you know, the, the key is if you want to make money, at least from a development standpoint, is you have to do something unique. Um, there are now I don't know six, seven, eight racing games out. It's hard to make money now doing a racing game because there are a lot of them out, and some of them are pretty good. Um, so, and also there are what I don't know. There, I last count, I counted three weeks ago that there were 22 um, Sudoku games. There are at least 50 by now. If you don't want to do a Sudoku game. You also don't want to do a solitaire game. There are a million of those. So the games that make money are the ones that are unique. Our, our best-selling game, the one that's here, is Enigmo. It's doing well because there's nothing else like it. Chromag Rally, which is our other racing game, it, it kind of fell off the charts initially because there are so many racing games. You know, yeah. So that's the key is you know, you need to do a game that is unique, stands out in some way, or is at least best of breed. If you're going to do another racing game, it's got to be way better than any of the other racing games. <laughs> but you know, good luck with that. <laughs> and so that you know, I think that's the key right now. And so, I guess, yeah, what's in store then for you guys in the future now? Is it going to be primarily iPhone development, or are you going to move to other platforms? Uh, well, we've been doing Mac games exclusively for the last oh, 10 years or so, So, but the iPhone, I'm not even considering doing any more Mac games or anything at this point. The iPhone is just making a ton of money, and it's a lot of fun to develop for, and it's yeah. easy to develop for. So, as long as we can keep riding the uh, the money train, as it were, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll stay on board. Well, as more games get released, are you going to have to then resolve to more innovative marketing methods? Uh, what's, I mean, how's, how's that front going? Because I know it seems like the App Store is the main way for people to find you. Have you found other ways for people to find you? Yeah, well, we had hired a PR company at the beginning to, you know, do our PR, and it ends up that was kind of a, a waste to a lot of degree because the PR doesn't matter. All the PR is on the store itself. People go into the store on iTunes and they look at the top 10 list or they look at what's new, and that's how they find stuff 99.99% of the time. Um, but obviously now that we're starting to get good apps, and there are a million games, it's hard to, if you're not in the top 100 games, no one's ever going to find you. Yeah. So what you have to do is, A, you have to hope it's a good game, and then Apple will help you, and they'll, and they'll put a little icon in the what's new or what we're playing section, and you'll get extra visibility. Um, and then the other thing is you can compete on a price level. If you have a good game, um, it may not get noticed if you're going to charge 10 bucks for it, because there are now a lot of good games for 10 bucks. but if you have a great game and you just lowball it, say 3 bucks, you will shoot up that list, guaranteed. You will end up in that top top 20 list at least. And, and once you're in the top, well, there are tiers. The top 100, if you're in the top 100, you're safe for a while, but you're probably <laughs> going to fall off. Once you hit the top 50, top 50 is a very safe place to be because that means people will see you on the top 50 list on the iPhone. Um, but if once you're off top 50, no one's ever going to find you on an iPhone. So you get top 50, but then if you climb to the top 25, then you're on the first page on the iPhone. Okay. Then you're in gold. Then, if you can climb to the top 10, you are on the main page. You are you are premier. And once you're on top 10, that's where the big bucks roll in. Okay. And you're in really stable shape. So it's all about climbing the ladder. <laughs>
Yeah, you know, as you grow, go up the ladder, it's so it's an, probably like an exponential. It's not just a linear increase in revenue, then. No, it, it's very exponential. Um, Chromag Rally um, the other week uh, was at spot number like 72 or something like that. Um, and now we've climbed to the number two spot on the store because we lowered the price to uh, $2 from, from $5 or 6 or whatever it was. We are selling 45 times as many copies in the second position spot as we were in the 72nd spot or whatever it was, you know. Um, but there's also, we've seen as our apps float around the top 10 list, um, for example, we've got an app that's now number, well, it was number 9, now it's number 10 today. See, so yeah, it's number 10, that game. So we've got one in number 2 number 10. Well, number 2 is selling, or no, I'm sorry, number, what am I saying? Number 10 is selling only about a third of what number two is selling. Oh, so there's wow. obviously a very rapid drop off from number one to number 10 to number 100. When you get down to 100, you're only selling 50 to 200 copies a day probably in that range, in the lower okay. ranks. And if you fall off top 100, you might sell a handful of copies a day. So okay. you need to be in that top list. Um, are you going to release any free games then to promote your paid games? Uh, I don't know if that's a legitimate model. It seems like a potential way to get more exposure. Promoware's not bad. Promoware works um, if you can do it, but it's so easy to make money off of even Promoware quality <laughs> stuff. If it's, a, you know, even tic-tac-toe, you could probably charge 99 cents for it and make some money. But we do have one, pro we have a promo um, utility out. It's just called Pangea VR. It's, it's a photo app. It does VR oh, panoramas. Okay. It's, a really, it's actually the, been the number two uh, most popular photo app for, I don't know, the last three months. Um, and on that, we promote our games on the free app. So um, it does help. You know, people appreciate it when you give them something free, but at the same time, you don't want to throw something away and lose money, you know. Yeah. So it's, you know, you have to kind of make your own judgments. Okay. And, um, yeah, so any other suggestions for anyone who wants to develop uh, games for the iPhone or apps for the iPhone? Uh, get in and get in quick because the longer this goes on, the more difficult it's going to be to compete because the, we're going to see more big titles from Sega and EA and the big guys and they're going to start to overwhelm that top 50 list and as soon as that top 50 list is full little guys are going to really have a hard time getting in I mean it, this is a this is a sh going to be a short term wave for little people and, and if you can get in in the next couple of months you'll probably make a lot of money if you get in next year hard to say well, are you going to try to develop for other cell phone platforms then? Or do you think iPhone is, is it? Uh, iPhone's the only thing we care about. Uh, it's, we're just making tons of money on it, and, and there's no reason to even try anything else. Well, congratulations on your success, and thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks.